Sparklers to another episode of Ignite Your Spark with me, your host, Kim Duff Selby. Now, I imagine if you listen to me often enough, you are also a transformational junkie like me. I am always looking for ways to improve myself and my life in order to thrive, to live a more joyful and purposeful existence. And so today, I am delighted to bring you my guest, Amy Wong. Now, Amy is a certified executive coach. You know, this is like her bio bio with more than 20 years of experience studying transpersonal psychology, design thinking, interpersonal neurobiology and conversational intelligence. And I hope we have an intelligent conversation today. (laughs) She's on a mission to raise the consciousness of the planet. And honestly, that is my mission as well. And she feels a calling to lift others up and help them embody their full potential. Who doesn't want that, okay? Now, she does collaborate with the biggies, like all the techie guys, and they need this. I know, Facebook, LinkedIn, all those names you've heard of. But you know what? We regular people need that, too. And she's written a book, which is going to serve us living on purpose. And we're going to get right into it. So thank you so much for joining me on Ignite Your Spark, Amy. Oh, Kim, I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Let's have an intelligent oh. conversation. Yes. <laughs> or else let's just have a fun conversation because there we go. Amy also has a degree in mathematics from Berkeley, and that is so far from my realm of understanding my English brain. And I love that you, Amy, use both sides of your brain. Clearly, you are that person who is able to thrive using your right side and your left side, whereas I don't generally have that ability. So thank you for sharing all of that with us. <laughs> oh, you, I, I, you know, I'm certain you do, but you are absolutely welcome. It is my pleasure. <laughs> Since the name of the podcast is Ignite Your Spark, and I am also trying to raise the consciousness of people to get them going on their mission to on their purpose. But first I have to ask you, how do you ignite your spark? Gosh, like on a daily basis on a, yeah, like if you're feeling a little wet, how do you ignite yeah. your spark? Well, you know, gosh, there's many ways I go about it. And so I, I really kind of call upon the, my inner wisdom in the moment and just let whatever kind of needs to emerge to tell me how to move through that. And often the first thing I usually think is, you know, all the, the, all the things that I feel, all the emotions that I feel are all so necessary and all so important. So the first thing I have to do to ignite my spark is to drop the resistance to any experience I'm having that might not be sparkable or might not be spark-like, <laughs> right? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, and it's really to just meet it with kindness and compassion and curiosity and be like, you know, and I'll move through this too so that I'm able to pivot because if I'm, if I'm judging, if I'm not in the state of, if I'm not in that sparked state of which I love and I tend to be in mo- most often, just like you, I can tell like it's, it's, that's how we exist, but it's not yeah. going to happen all the time. But in those moments that I'm not, it's to not resist that and to just be like, Hey, this is okay because this is giving me information about what's next and what I like and what I don't like. So it's all is all is well. And then to just immediately shift my focus onto something I'm really grateful for. I mean, that's it. It's so, I mean, we talk about this all the time, gratitude practices and appreciation, but I just, it is so magical, Kim, to really focus in on the things that 
you're, you feel love and appreciation for because it's like changing the channel. And when you change the channel, your whole mood changes. So that's, Yeah. yeah. You know, I really like how you said you have to acknowledge when you're feeling a little less than or whatever it is that's bringing you down. And I've had other guests say something like that recently, not about igniting their spark, but how important it is to feel the feels mm-hmm. and not just pretend to go through them, but acknowledge them. If this is what you're saying and I'm hearing correctly, acknowledge them, yeah. sit with them and then move on. Yeah. No, that's exactly And then right. be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Because I think, you know, I just, I so love the positive psychology movement. I love all the things that are coming out around joy and happiness, but I also recognize there's this, there's this trend towards toxic positivity where it's like, you know, it's yeah. we only want to be positive and we don't want to be negative. And, and I think just because of who we are as humans, how we operate because of this plane of existence, that it's completely predicated on this phenomenon of duality right? We can't get away from duality, meaning you can't have birth without death. You cannot have joy without sadness. You cannot have up without down. So it it is a necessary, a part of the equation to have all the emotions. And so we don't want to push them away, but what I, I, it's really, it's, it's here to show me something. It's here to tell me something. And it's here to enrich my experience because if I can go through all the emotion, it just, it makes everything possible. Right. And so to, yeah. to know what's a part of, part of the process is, is really, I think a, a big part of thriving. Yeah. Recently I've come to the conclusion recently. I mean, I've been around a long time, but it's true because I tended to live from that positive point of view. I still do, mm-hmm. but I have come to realize how important it is to embrace what you are feeling and, give it space to play out. And I didn't really ever do that. It's the same with grieving because I lost my parents at a young age. I mean, it was in my Mm -hmm. 20s. And I don't think I ever really grieved because I would tamp it down and move forward into joy, you know, just move forward. And I think, of course, throughout the years, it's been 40 some years, but I have learned to come to grips with the grief, you know, at times it hits me and let myself feel it. But I think a lot of people don't, well, people like me don't, we tend to focus on the positive. And then there are people who wallow in the darkness. And I, you know, there, we're here just having a human existence, right? Right. I mean, we are here. So we have to feel all the feels. Right. Or else it's not that human existence we came here for. That's, oh gosh, so well said. So well said. So the way I go about it is when I find myself below neutral, which I will, because I'm human, it's to say, okay, here I am. I know I'm not going to stay here forever. Totally cool. What's here for me to know? What, what, what are you here to show me? What is it that I'm going to learn about what I want by virtue of knowing what I don't want right now? So, okay, what's the information and how long do I want to stay here? Because the truth also is, is that my experience, my reality is completely predicated by my focus. What I focus on determines everything about my experience. What I focus on is going to determine what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling and what I'm saying and what I'm doing and all, all of that. And so I get to choose my focus. And so if I want to feel better, you know, at some point I will. So yes, I'm recognizing I'm feeling apathetic. I'm feeling demotivated. I'm feeling, I'm feeling really purposeless. I mean, you know, me who talks about purpose all the time, sometimes I feel purposeless and I am like, gosh, you know, am I, am I really doing what I'm, what's this all for? Right. I'll go through those periods and then I'll be like, you know, 
yeah, let me just feel this out. And then I'm going to decide, well, am I done now? Yeah, I think I'm done. Let me change the channel. And now I'm going to focus on something else. (laughs) I like that. Get that remote out and click. Change that channel. We do it with the TV. Why not do it with it? Because same with our minds. We do it with the TV. We have to do it with our minds. Yeah. Right. And it's not just you who creates that reality on what you focus on. It's every single one of us. Yeah. Who creates our reality. The reality we're living in right now, we created somehow in our imagination, somehow. Yeah, we did this. That's right. All right. I have a couple of questions. I just, gosh, so exciting. You probably get asked this a lot, but what to you is living on purpose? What does that mean for us lay people? Yeah. Well, it is a state of being. It's, you know, it's, I, I like to stress that this is an adverb. It's not really a noun because people think, oh, purpose, like what's my purpose in life? I'm like, no, 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 no. This is really a state of being. Mm-hmm. And I'll, just I'll be really cheeky and say, well, it's the opposite of living on accident of which nobody wants to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> nobody yeah. wants to succeed or create on accident, right? So, so what living on purpose really is, it's being awake. It is choosing to meet your moments with intention and with presence, recognizing that each of our moments presents us a choice point, a choice point in which I'm either going to react to the moment, which most of us do, and then regret, or respond to the moment. Now, what does response mean? Response means I'm choosing actively from this place of wisdom versus just a repeated pattern that, because I mean, think about what reaction means. It's an act that we deploy over and over. It's a react over and over and over. So living on purpose is really being in the driver's seat of your own life, waking mm-hmm. up, taking it off autopilot and deciding to really like, I am going to be in charge here. I'm going to choose my focus. I am going to really create my reality. And here's, here's the whole thing about choice. Cause I say it's a choice point. I'm going to respond. It's choice is everything. And to really be on purpose, it's not choosing at the level of action. I mean, that's important, right? So for example, you know, I'm going to choose to go work out versus go sit on the couch and watch reruns of Seinfeld and drink a bottle of wine, right? It's, I'm going to make choices, which are going to dictate the quality of my life. That's a, that's an important aspect of living on purpose, but really more so it's choice at the level of perception. I'm going to choose how I'm perceiving this. And more importantly, what I'm interpreting from what I'm perceiving because it's mm. choice at that level that truly is, is you living in the driver's seat, creating right. so the it's, life you are meant to have. Yeah. It's really being thoughtful, being aware of what you are choosing to do. Like if you choose to just chill out and watch TV at the end of a long day, okay. But be aware that is that the choice that is best for you or would it serve you better to perhaps read a book or do a meditation? But it's okay, right? I mean, is that what you mean? The point of perception is just being aware. Yeah. And, you know, all of that is important. I would say, you know, and like I said, choice at the level of action is is a piece of it. That's not so much the predominant focus. I would say it's to really live on purpose is to decide really like, what are you going to make? What, what are you, what is this relationship you have with yourself? And 
what do you want to say life is about? You get to pick those things. And when you, and in those choices really determine how your experience is going to be. And so like, as I detail in my book, Living on Purpose, I have five deliberate choices to realize fulfillment and joy. So what are those deliberate choices? Those are the perceptual shifts, oh, that we can take on that would ultimately allow us to truly be in that driver's seat. And you give exercises and ways to help us do that. Yeah. Well, can you just give us one of your favorites so that we can tease it a little bit? (laughs) For sure. Absolutely. So yeah. And what I love about this book, so this book, I, you know, I, so I've been coaching for over 10 years and in 2014, I knew exactly what this book needed to be, but I also knew I wasn't, it wasn't time to write it because I was still in the process of accumulating research and all the clients' stories. And so um, it was only in the past couple of years. And I'm like, okay, now is time. It's, it's time to get it out in the world. And this book is really a collection of, a, it's a collection of a lot of stories, client examples, frameworks, simple processes, social neuroscience and research to back up what we're talking about here. And it's really a roadmap that takes you through the journey to, to really thrive. My, and the first choice, it's my, and it's, it's, it's a biggie and it kind of sets you up for all the other ones. And it's so powerful. And this is, it can be such an eye opener for folks, but the first, the first one is you have to choose to feel it out. Don't figure it out. Mm. Feel it out. Don't figure it out. Now, what does this mean? Now on the surface, you might be like, oh gosh, that sounds so woo woo or, oh God, when is this feeling it out? So, you know, and, and it's not that. What, what this is about is really coming back to this universal truth that everything we want as humans, everything we think we want, whether it's a new job or to retire or to buy a house or to whatever it might be, we think we want what we want because it'll ultimately make us happy, but we just want the thing. But the truth is, it's not the thing we want. We want the feeling we think we would have as a result of the thing, but we forget that when we use the thing, it's a proxy, but we get so attached to the proxy. We get so attached to the thing. And so then we have been trained and I really largely blame our educational system and how we develop, right? To follow the formula, to get the thing, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it usually it's in school, it starts in school, which is Go to school, get good grades to make your parents happy, to get into a good college so that you can get a good job, so that you can make lots of money, and then you can ultimately be happy. So we train ourselves to follow what we think is the right thing to do, but we never ask ourselves, what do I want to feel? And so we don't know what it means to feel it out. We know how to figure things out, but we don't know what it means to feel things out. So what this really is about is to say, okay, I've got goals. I've got aspirations. I got dreams, but what is it really mapping to? Oh, it's mapping to a feeling of impact or significance or love. I don't know. But the moment that becomes clear and you, and and it illuminates like, oh, actually this is what it's about. Then you navigate by making choices that make you feel more in alignment with that versus what sounds like a good idea and which is the long to make something happen. Yeah, I get that. I understand that. It is about the feeling. It's like that anticipation of going on vacation. The anticipation is often so much greater 
But okay, we need that anticipation because that actually lifts us up, lifts us up and lifts up and raises our vibration, which is important. But it is that same sort of, okay, the anticipation, anticipation is great, is great. And I think anticipation is important for us to have something to look forward to. But I really like the idea of actually instead of just wanting that designer, whatever, what's the feeling you're going to have? Are you going to feel powerful? Are you going to feel more like a Kardashian? If that's that's your goal, not my goal. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And yet that is a challenge. That's really hard to do. Like if you want a new house, because it's going to give you more space and you want it and you want it, is there a way to get that feeling without actually getting a new house if that's out of your reach. Right. Well, yes. and, and and that's exactly right. And, and what I have found and what's so powerful is just by really asking yourself, wait a minute, okay, what is it that I really want to feel? And the moment you're really honest with yourself and you get clear on that, what happens is that's going to affect, that's going to really influence the lens that you look through out to the world. Because now you've got this clarity. It's like, oh, this is what I want to feel. So by But with that clarity, it's going to shift your lens so that now when you look out to the world, things that you think, options, opportunities, ideas are now going to be visible that were there, but were not visible because you just didn't have that clarity. So the world starts to shift a little bit and things start to happen, not because it's magical. It feels magical. It is magical. It is magical. It is magical. But at the same time, it's, it's by virtue of that clarity. And all of a sudden ideas and possibilities start to become obvious that, you know, weren't there before when you were hellbent on getting that house, you know, and and maybe, you know, it's like, Oh, and so what I find is, so here's where it becomes magical. All of a sudden this amazing path emergence where it's just delightful and synchronicity. And it's like, well, look at all these great things that start to happen just by virtue of that clarity. Do you lead us through exercises in your book in order oh, to yeah. achieve that clarity and achieve? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Because great. See, I'm at the coach in me. And so maybe this is the math major part of me, right? Because <laughs> I, you know, I am, I, uh, I, it's like, what is that? Where are we going? What's the endpoint? What's the so that? What's the QED that we're trying to get to? And for me, it's incredibly important to be able to put into practice these concepts. And so, you know, for each of the choices that I offer in the book, it really is a roadmap. And there are there are tips, there are processes, and it it really it it is a journey that that one would take to get to that endpoint where it's like, oh, I get it. This is a complete chiropractic adjustment to my perception. And in the process of doing that, I oh, feel alive. I feel free. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So each one of your principles, you call them principles, your five principles or? We could call them principles, perspective shifts, choices. I call them deliberate choices because it's the choice. Yeah. It's a yeah. deliberate choice. Choose to feel it out, not figure it out. That's a choice right? And yeah. so it's a choice we have to make. I'm going to feel this out. I'm going to feel my way into joy versus figure my way into success. Right. Well, it's sort of like letting go of the thinking mind and using the subconscious mind to 
determine what you want instead of, to me, figuring it out means using that brain and going, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to write down the list. I'm going to do that instead of going inward and assessing what do I really, really feel need desire in this moment. Right. And it's really, it's listening to, um, it's really listening to the to, to what happens in your body. So like, let's say you've got two options where you're like, oh, I could, I just got invited to this really amazing conference on this topic. That's somewhat interesting to me versus, oh my gosh, I just got trying to think of something and my mind's a little stuck, but I mean, all of us have gotten to that point where we've got kind of a dilemma where you're like, oh, they're both kind of great. I'm not quite sure what I do. Well, the way to feel out a dilemma is to ask yourself, okay, if I were to Imagine myself fully choosing this. Okay, option A. Where do I feel the energy in my body? Mm-hmm. And if, when you think about realizing that, if it feels like your chest is expanding, if it feels like you're expansive, if it feels like there's energy lower in your body where there's a bit of a relief and some energy running, like ah. And I'll, I'll often say it's almost like it's it's a really good sign if when you think about it, you, you have this feeling like. This like where the breath gets knocked yeah. into you. You're like, ah, oh, that that feeling of inspiration, that is feeling it out. That is the path of least resistance to the most abundance versus figuring it out, which is, oh yeah, this is a really good idea. And I could see and I could and then your head feels kind of frenzied and you might feel a little tight and it might feel and it might be really buzzy, which is exciting, but it's tight and it's dead, so it's constrictive. So those are the two ways I like to think about it. What's expansive? And what's constrictive? Because the expansive one is always going to be the path of least resistance. I mean, that was hu- super helpful, what you just said. I mean, that's something I never really realized. But looking back on decisions I've made, ah, you get it. It's really, you just have to center yourself and be in your body and go, feel. I love it. That yeah. is such a good tip. I hope everybody like is remembering that when faced with choices not faced with negative choices, baby. They're both positive choices. Which one makes you feel expansive? Perfect. Yeah. That was an excellent tip. (laughs) (laughs) Something I also read uh, either in one of your little book snippets or something where you said you can choose to, what is it? Be judgmental of people or not. Didn't you say something like that or well, that's, I, I mean, like I, judgment is a big topic in the book. I mean, and, and I talk about this in so many different ways. You know, all of us have this very deep innate fear of being judged. All of us are doing whatever we can to avoid negative judgment and rejection. And, you know, and then just in the, yeah. And then there's that habit where a lot of us judge others for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much to be said about the reality Judging. of judgment and fear and how we're being perceived. Yeah. And really over the past few years, I have decided I still am judgy, uh, you know, not going to lie. We're humans. That's okay. I think we have to give ourselves permission to, to just go, okay, I'm being judgmental but acknowledge the fact that you're being judgmental and you can make a choice to not be judgmental. I have tried so hard lately to just say, would I want someone judging me that way? Well, I really don't care how they judge me anymore because when you get to a certain age, you don't care, but, (laughs) but I don't like the fact that I judge, you know, I, I don't, because I think that's bringing you more negative energy. And when you let go of that, 
you know, it can't help but bring more positivity and just release that judgment. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, there's so much to say about this and, you know, it, it tends to be a big focus in my work with others because really no good comes out of judging. It just eats up so much creative, cognitive, emotional bandwidth. And that really does nothing for anyone. And it really is a habit stemming from fear. And if we go deeper, it's a habit that, you know, all really judgment is, it's the rejection of the relationship you have with yourself. That's it. Mm. And you know, and when we start to do the inner work and we really shore up the relationship we have with ourselves, we cease to, 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 to judge others because if, if we really are, we stop judging ourselves, then we really can't judge others because everything we see is a projection of this relationship we have with ourselves, you know, and, but just topically, you know, sometimes it's to, to really ease into this idea that, you know, okay, I want to stop judging others. Well, the thing that I love to remember and I, and I say this quote often, you might've heard it. It's commonly misattributed to Plato. Um, believe it comes from, um, it's actually not as, as romantic as that, but his name was Ian McLaurin. And the quote is be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. And, you know, when we remember like deep in our, everyone that's walking around is just this incredible mystery that's this collection of fears and history and memories and desires and longings and experiences. And they're just really trying to do the best they can with all that they have craving that experience of love and being loved and being needed and belonging and being safe with one another. Like when you see it like that, you're like, how can I judge then? If all of us are trying to do the darn best we can with all that we have, you know? I do know. So that when I made fun of the couple who was wearing these matching ponchos at the movie theater, I wanted to give them a fashion citation. But that was more like being funny. I wasn't really judging them. That was their choice. But I do think about that. I made a comment to the people we were with. I'm like, oh, my God, fashion citation. And then I thought, you know, so what? Let go of that. But I would recognize that I was judging them you know, and they were just trying to be funny or cute or whatever. And, you know, we're all going to do it. We're going to constantly do it. But I think it's important to just recognize when you're doing it. Agreed. You know what? And that, I think right there, that is the, that is the key to harnessing our superpower of choice, right? Because unless you know you're doing it, you're really not a choice to do otherwise. And so- Choice really is our ticket to freedom. Choice is everything. It's a superpower and we get to harness this, but the only way to harness choice is if we wake up to that moment. And so that's a perfect way of saying like, yeah, if I want to, I want to do anything, I got to notice it first. So absolutely. Oh, that is the perfect way to end this episode. And I want to say to people, which is very important, you know, a lot of times you're asked, what is your superpower? Because everybody has a superpower and people will say, well, I don't have one. Well, yes, you do. You have the superpower of choice. You have just laid it out so clearly for us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it it is a superpower, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, it really is. Well, my goodness, Amy, thank you so much for sharing your life on purpose and living on purpose with us. And where can people find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I am not a big social media person. I, because like you, Kim, I'm, I'm like, I want to raise the vibration of consciousness and social media, I think kind of gets in the way of that. So you can find me on my website, which is always on purpose.com. Lots of stuff there. Um, I do use LinkedIn for work purposes. So you, if you are on social, you can find me on LinkedIn, Amy, Alisa Wong. Otherwise my book living on purpose Five Deliberate Choices to Realize Fulfillment and Joy is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and really anywhere books are sold by Amy Wong. Great. Well, the book, I can't wait to read all of it. I only got snippets, so I'm looking forward to doing this because even though I feel like I'm a teeny bit awakened, <laughs> there is always more, and I have the choice <laughs> to live my life on purpose. Woo! Yes, so, you do. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Thank you all for listening yet again. And I really hope that your spark has been ignited to live your life on purpose. And thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Shine on. Walk through life. Every day is a new beginning. Shine your light. It's a day and the world is waiting. 